welcome to the Vita Foods Insights monthly thematic podcast, where each month we highlight a different topic within the nutraceutical industry. Join us as we explore this month's theme, alternative proteins. Hello and welcome to the May edition of the Vita Foods monthly thematic podcast. I'm Lucy Whitaker, content producer for Food Ingredients Global, and I'll be your podcast host for today. Today, consumers are more interested in protein than ever before, with FMCG Guru's research showing that 45% worldwide now monitor their protein intake on a daily basis. But not only are more and more people paying attention to the amount of protein their diet's providing, a staggering 65% of global consumers are actively seeking to increase their protein intake. So as a result of this prowl for protein, it's no surprise that both animal and plant proteins are currently seeing huge demand. However, with animal protein being one of the greatest sources of stress in the global food system, this demand is highly unsustainable. Varun Deshpande, Managing Director of the Good Food Institute India, highlighted the problems associated with an increased desire for protein in his keynote session at FI Global. In terms of sustainability, efficiency and safety, unfortunately the way that we currently source a lot of our protein, which is meat, eggs and dairy made by raising and slaughtering animals at large scale, also known as factory farming, is highly, highly unsustainable. And the reason for this is very simple. We eat animals who eat plants. So a chicken takes in nine calories of input for every one calorie of output it gives us in the form of meat. And that means nine times as much land, nine times as much water, huge amount of greenhouse gas emissions, huge amount of chemical inputs, etc., etc. So we're using all of these tremendous resources to raise these animals. And chickens, by the way, are the most efficient animal. Pigs are worse, cows are much worse, in order to get these meager returns. And it's not just the issue of efficiency, of course. If we think about climate change, for example, industrialized animal agriculture is in the top two to three most significant contributors to the world's most pressing environmental problems. Think water use, think air pollution and loss of biodiversity, for example. So you're probably wondering, what is the solution to all of this? Increasingly, health, wealth and eco-conscious consumers are turning to alternative proteins for their fix. And contrary to what some may believe, alternative proteins are not about telling people they should switch out chicken for chickpeas or steak for soy, but simply enabling the switch to products which provide the same nutritional benefit with a lower cost to our planet and our wallets. It's a win-win. Looking at the alternative protein marks as a whole, data from Frost and Sullivan place its current value at around $14.6 billion dollars. To put that into perspective, that's roughly equivalent to the entire GDP of Malta in 2020, based on a compound annual growth rate or CAGR of 8.6% between 2020 and 2026. Frost and Sullivan forecast that the market will reach an eye-watering value of $22.2 billion by the end of this period. Looking at alternative protein volumes, we can expect an increase at the rate of 7.2% CAGR over these six years, which results in a total of 5.93 million tonnes by 2026. Now, that's a lot of alternative protein, as Siscopati of the European Alliance for Plant-Based Food pointed out during a panel discussion at FI Global Regions in the Spotlight. There was a recent report which was released, which is called also Smart Protein. So it's European funded research. 
and they shared new data. So the data showed there's also in Europe a huge growth when we look at the sales value of the two last periods. There was a, a growth of 49%, which is, of course, very impressive if you compare to the average growth of the food industry. And of course, some categories in some countries, for instance, the meat alternatives in, uh, in Germany, they even showed a triple digit growth, which is uh, amazing, of course. And when you then look within Europe to the absolute size of the market, I think it's uh, Germany who is leading the growth. And then they are followed by the UK, Italy, Spain, France, the Netherlands, Belgium, Poland, Austria, Denmark, and Slovakia. So in most countries, this growth is driven by the dairy alternatives and most specifically by the milk alternatives. But in some countries like in um, the UK, Belgium, and the Netherlands, the meat alternatives are really leading this growth. So what are the opportunities for this sector? In terms of what consumers are looking for, plant proteins rank high on their wish lists, with 73% of consumers perceiving them positively, FMCG Guru's data shows. Whey protein comes in at a close second at 68%. Now, taking a closer look at active nutrition consumers, over half, so around 55%, consider whey protein to be appealing. And when it comes to plant proteins, this rises to 57%. You could say that consumers are expanding their alternative protein minds. And to keep up a pace with this, many markets are seeing manufacturers move away from the traditional crops such as soy and wheat and towards the more exotic likes of chickpea, hemp, rice, and even insect protein. Soy and wheat, which have traditionally been the most popular forms of alternative protein amongst consumers, are likely to account for around 84% of the total amount of alternative proteins produced by 2026, with the less commonly used alternatives of pea and rice accounting for around 97 and 8.6% of the share, respectively. And with several alternative protein underdogs quickly rising the rankings, this clearly opens up a huge opportunity in the market. Tony Gay, Head of Technical Sales and MPD at Nutrition at Prenova, spoke to us about these openings of his company and the industry at large. With the increased awareness of health stemming from the COVID pandemic and the environment becoming a growing concern, consumers are seeking natural, sustainable and often environmentally friendly ingredients. With many animal options, such as whey and milk proteins, falling short in these areas, the consumer drive is now to pursue plant-based options. At Pronova, we are well aware of this emerging trend and have a wide portfolio of plant proteins in concentrates and isolates. These include pea, rice, soy, pumpkin seed, and even emerging variants such as fava bean, chickpea, and watermelon seed. The strengths of Pronova in sourcing and distributing plant proteins combined with our experience in the intricacies of how to formulate with them, together provide manufacturers with a single source partner for both raw materials and product development support. Where the greatest plant protein opportunities lie geographically is an interesting question. In terms of the regulatory barriers and in light of the Frost and Sullivan forecasts, the APAC region might seem to offer the most openings. Well, in Europe, the rise of new product development focusing on protein supplementation and growth in uses for these products also paves the way for opportunity. Sports nutrition, despite being an important growth area, is certainly not where the book stops in terms of opportunity in this sector. We can also expect to see growth from medical nutrition, from products designed for seniors, and also infant nutrition and formula.
there's something for the whole family you could say. Now, looking at baby formula, for example, soy is widely used in the US already, but due to potential allergic reactions to soy, infant nutrition is now eyeing alternative sources like pea and rice. Yeah, as with most novel products, challenges may arise when it comes to regulation and manufacturing. Taking baby formula as an example, some have highlighted that the requirement for extensive R&D and alternative formulations, especially those which are consumed at a critical life stage, could be a potential barrier to production and overall market growth. This is just one of several key challenges highlighted by Siska Potti during a virtual FI Global webinar last year. Main challenges are universal. It's not different in Europe than in the rest of the world. I would say, first of all, we need a, a larger and a much more diversified offer, not only in, in alternatives, but also creating totally new categories. And there, of course, I think the, the keynote to crack remains taste, appeal, but also price and convenience, because I think we should address us to the flexitarians. These people, they, they take the decisions for many different purposes. It can be for health, it can be for environment, it can be for animal well-being. But the key drivers for repurchasing, it remains the taste, the appeal, convenience, and of course, the price. I think this is key. And of course, if you want to have all these products on the market, we need more research. We need more research, more innovation, and also more investment in research and innovation. And then once we have these products on the market after the innovation, then of course we need a level playing field to have a fair competition. And once the products are on the market or available, then I think we also need to look to make sure that the consumers have easy access to these products and also a better understanding and education on the product. So that, I would say, are the key challenges to work on. And that is the core activity of the European Plant-Based Food Alliance. All in all, the overarching sentiment amongst brand owners in several nutritional categories seems to be that these new ingredients are worthy of investment and will continue to gain popularity, both in the market and amongst consumers. Thank you for tuning in and don't forget to check the show notes that will allow you to link to the information discussed in today's podcast as well as any sponsorship opportunities. Our monthly thematic episodes are published on the second Thursday of each month so be sure to stay tuned, subscribe and even suggest to a friend. You can listen to all our episodes in your favourite platform or you can also check our episodes as well as other editorial content at vitafoodsinsights.com.